Recorded live from Stockton, California, this is Jammin' with the Best. We're back. Episode 99. One away. Yeah. One away. Yeah, what are we doing? I think we're going live. All right. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Yeah, just try it. See if we can do it. Big extravaganza. We'll hype it up this week. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Something fun to do. Maybe we get someone it. on. Triple digits. Yeah, dude. It's crazy. Yeah, I was uh we have a old guest, old friend in the building right now. Dude, that was a shock to see. Happy yeah, to see him there. Happy to see him. And he was one of uh it was never published, but he's like we did some early podcasts. The very first, yeah. Like like trying it out, and he was one of them. So we did that on your iPhone, I think. Yeah, my old phone. I, I hope I saved those. I think they're in my like my uh cloud storage, but I'm not sure. Yeah, that first episode was basically like a screw it. We're going to just set up a camera and kind of record and we'll yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah, definitely not released. Some cool stuff. I'd, I'd honestly be curious to see what we actually talked about. I know we did blind like, disc testing yeah, and we tried to guess. Tried to guess. It was cool. It was uh, Jono, Brownie, mm-hmm. me and you. Yeah. It was fun. So, yeah, Waco happened, just happened. Yeah, man, like one of the things, like probably a very minor takeaway for most, but is that they get like a north wind and a south wind, like Mm -hmm. consistently they get one each per weekend. Yep. I don't know how they keep ending up with that, but it it happened again. It'd be nice for us to have any wind. Sure. I want one day with wind. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't really happen last year. I guess it got a little windier at time at one point. Which the players were happy because they had just come from Kansas and DDO. That's true. And were kind of, you know, like frustrated by how much wind was happening on tour. Yeah, we definitely don't have that much wind. Like, not Kansas wind. I mean, it, yeah, it can be, but that that's a different level. Yeah. It's pretty constant out there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Waco. I mean, Valerie Montejano. Slayed. Killing it. Yep. That was that was cool to see. Easy to root for. Mm-hmm. And yeah. with Mason walking that around, that shot with on her. seventeen was sick. That was so good. Mm-hmm. Like she let go, and I'm like, man, I hope that I hope that flips, and it just rode perfectly, landed, and just kind of curled around, and it was yeah. like basically a worry-free ten footer. Yeah, I think it was like I thought it was like when I landed, like that's fifteen feet, that's perfect. And Kristen was putting for I think single or double bogey from mm-hmm. like outside of her range. Yeah, and it felt like at that point it was pretty much over, and it was. Yeah, uh, that's my favorite hole in the course too. Seventeen's mm-hmm. amazing. It's awesome. I like, think when they did when they did like the pro tour, pick your favorite hole one, hole two, hole three, etc. Like that had to have won seventeen. I don't remember. I don't know. I can't think of like. I'm pretty bad at a lot of times, like thinking about which holes are great. Sure, that's a real tough hole to beat. I'm hard pressed to figure out a hole seventeen that's better. Our green's pretty cool. Ooh, yeah, like right our whole <laughs> our whole seventeen's pretty it's cool. It's like four miles from here. Our seventeen <laughs> is really nice, but I I would give Waco the edge. Yeah, that hole's like elite, mm-hmm. like one of the best holes in the world. I feel like yeah, that shot that Paul threw mm-hmm. was around one or two, around two, two where he cut the corner, cut the corner. Yeah, I got like threw a little high, hit some branches, and kicked right on the drive. Yeah, yeah, and then that. They were like, oh, was he like going to cut the corner? And he threw it hella high. Yep. And I was like, ooh, is this having a pie? It was yeah. perfect. Spiked in. 
yeah, Paul taking it down. Our boy Luke holding his own. Redding. Like, you know, obviously tied for the lead. It was him, Paul, and Nick Carl. Uh, mm-hmm. tied for the lead after round one. And then I think Andrew Fish rounding out the uh, Jomez lead card. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Luke held his own second round. I yep. think Nick had a had a tough round. Um, and then Luke, like, starting off just awful yeah. on, on round on Sunday. Um, so proud of how he fought out of that. I kind of feel like we've all sort of had rounds like that where you're you're in the mix for for a title at whatever level you know obviously there mm-hmm. it's pro tour it's much higher than any level we've competed at but you you kind of start off that that round where you have a chance to take it down and you start off bad and you almost go into like fuck it mode you yep. know mm-hmm. and i you know i doubt he was maybe that far along but i you know didn't didn't have his best shots on hole 2 either hole 3 i think pimped it and and was parked but had like a couple of those. Uh, I remember one of his shots. I can't remember exactly which hole, but he's throwing a little forehand and kind of chunked that too. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like hole five, six, seven, somewhere in that range, and then just fought through so hard. Yeah, his all of his game was working. His putt was good. His forehand was good. His backhand was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, some early struggles, and then really, really yeah. came through strong. Interesting decision on an eighteen. Yeah, I'm surprised. I want to ask him if he ever thought about going for the green off the tee. Yeah, I just feel like after watching, I know it was a completely different wind, mm-hmm. but after watching him like easily make it across, like granted it flipped a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I just figure like just go for it. Yeah, I mean that's your that's your chance at that point to to put a little pressure on. And I guess you know he had to have made up his mind going. I'm just going to lay up short and then I'm going to take my, you know, my mm-hmm. run. He must have, you know, calculated in his head that it was yeah. a better chance for him to run it on the second shot than to go over the water off mm-hmm. the tee. Who had first shot there? Was it Paul or Luke? I think it was Luke after, because Luke was on a decent little tear. Yeah, he finished real strong, I know. And I, I feel like he birdied. 17 i could be off on that he birdied i i think it was his honor on on yeah. 18 i'm pretty sure it was and it, it made paul's decision super it was easy. easy yeah which i think he would have laid up no matter what even if luke parks it yeah i just feel like you're you're taking like with my thing is paul mcbeth you're up you're down two mm-hmm. like are you really does is paul really gonna take like a four or five on this hole no, I mean at that point, par par wins it. You walk into that hole knowing that, unless yeah. Luke aces it, par par wins it. And as soon as Luke lays up, Bogey wins it. So yeah. you know, for the most part, I feel like you're almost playing for Paul to get a five if you lay up. Sure. Also, like Luke, maybe at that at on T of eighteen, maybe was like, I'm happy with second. But he is four strokes up, I think. Right? Yeah, three or four. I was like off second. I would love to ask him. Yeah. And maybe it it's was hard you to know. question. Like, and also, I've never played that hole in that wind. Yeah, like maybe he just couldn't get it there. Even I, I honestly like would feel like going on that right side and crossing the water on your tee shot, even if you're hundred short, is better than laying up left. Yeah, but I don't know that for a fact. But Luke's obviously better than us. I think he's proved <laughs> that in the last the last three weeks. Yeah, number one uh, player in the points tour or the yeah. points right now. That's so cool. Yeah, shredding. Stoked for Luke and a, and a nice win by P. McBee. Taking it down two mm-hmm. two weeks straight if you count Memorial. Yeah, Rick's uh, 
the struggles continue. Not struggles. Don't I don't want to say that. I mean, struggles for for, for his expectations. Yeah. I think is fair. Yeah, he's uh hasn't finished outside of the top ten very often mm-hmm. on the pro tour. And I think like four of the seven times he's done it have been at Waco or something like that. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. He's definitely struggled and he like even mentioned it like he's like, one day I'll take this down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean moving moving manufacturers, so that, that probably plays some part. Obviously he's familiar enough with that plastic because he played with it sixteen, seventeen. Yep. I think, and then he was what, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one. I don't or something? think he's thrown the explorer. Interesting. He's thrown the Evader. Okay. That's a little beefier, right? I think so. Yeah. I don't he might be throwing both. It's can it's possible he throws both. I wonder if that'll change because Vegas is relatively open and Waco was pretty windy, and I doubt he threw the Evader probably much in the woods. Mm-hmm. Be yeah. curious to see how the bag evolves. Yeah. I want to see. I don't know if he hasn't in the bag out yet. I should look. Well, I told Greg, who's our guy on the road, that Luke needs to do an in the bag ASAP. Yep. I said he should. I would love to have it on our channel, but if not, like he he should do it as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Like there's tons of hype. Luke finished tied for fourth and then solo second. And like, there's tons huge. of hype around Prodigy right now, also. Sure. New disc coming out left and right. Yeah, Falcor reverb. Mm-hmm. People are bagging the distortion. Gannon coming off the hot, you know, finish at a Dude, Prodigy Vegas. rolling right now. Yeah. Yeah, Kev shooting well. Mm-hmm. Taking down the skins in a big way. Oh, yeah. Thought people were going to ace. They came close. He smashed Cage on, like, 14. Four, yeah, I think it is 14, the forehand. Right before the horse corral. Yeah, and Paul's like, if you had a wedgie, that would have counted. It's true. He I, hit Cage hard. There's going to be some weird thing that happens dude it might be i'm i'm calling it right now it's probably like a, a slop ace off a tree that gets 10k yeah. roller ace that would be <laughs> insane otb open ace would be crazy yeah i mean at this point it's gonna be shot heard around the world no matter yeah. what happens biggest ace pot ever maybe um it's i mean it's got to be up like there actual ace pot and not not like a hole in one challenge, challenge at a tournament yeah insurance type thing yeah it's it's gotta be up there, because yeah, it's built two hundred dollars every week all the way up to ten k. I think it was like ninety two hundred to start the season, and we just bumped it up to ten k. Um, yeah, that's it's gonna crazy. be that's gonna be insane. I hope I hope whatever shot that hits it is worthy. Yeah, I think it will be no matter what. The the like and the whole reason it's built up this high is obviously we're dealing with some of the best players in the world is these courses are tough. Like yeah. it doesn't yield a lot of ace runs. You look at Waco and one certainly hittable three's hittable and you're looking at probably four or five other holes, but you're playing 18 and on any given course, there's only seven maybe that are mm-hmm. hittable. So like what if someone throws it in from like 500 on a par four? Yeah. I mean, great shot. That's a that's a fantastic <laughs> eagle, but it's certainly not 10k. Yep, that's fair. I was yeah. just wondering because that'd be crazy. I mean, it would be cool to have like it'd be interesting to have an eagle pot, like a field ace pot. Yeah, I yeah. Don't know how you do it? Like over a certain footage? I think so. I think so. It'd have to be more than one under par. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It could be an eagle or or I suppose an albatross, but you don't want to just give it up to any birdie that's over a hundred feet. 
Um, but yeah, yeah, have like Luke have to, you know, shoot it with the bush now and have it be an Eagle that's over a hundred. Maybe that's, you know, a, a, a separate pot that builds up to like a thousand. Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of cool too. Something, something extra. That's hey, GK. There's another sponsor for you. <laughs> Somebody getting uh, maybe maybe Bushnell. it's uh, maybe it's Bushnell. Yeah, Isaac, talk to Bushnell. Eagle pot. It's got to be over a hundred feet. Measure that bad boy. Make it happen. Yeah. There's something there. Definitely. I think so. Yeah, and so we've got what Belton is next, and that's a silver series. Yeah, I think if I remember right, this is the course a lot of people liked. Okay. Jared said he keeps remembering because this is the where Paul and Rick battled last year. I do remember that battle. And I, I remember some kind of like downhill greens and some, I feel like some either long par threes or short par fours that were like reachable if you kind of crest that hill. But mm-hmm. interesting. I'm, I'm trying to remember as we get like more and more loops through the tour, you start to recognize courses. Yeah. There's a few courses I've been like, ah, oh, I don't really can't picture it. Yeah. And then other ones like Maple Hill. It's like, yep. Yeah. I know all of those. When I think it's to that point of how often do you want, how how much do you want to keep the tour stops consistent throughout the years? Because mm-hmm. it's nice to give love to other areas. Certainly we were the lucky recipient of that last year. But, you know, how, how often do you want these tour stops to be the same there's pros and cons, you know, it's, it's again, you know, it's nice to give love to new spots, but also it's really nice to recognize exactly which courses have been played before and kind of lift up the, the lore, you know, so to speak yeah. of that course, like Maple, you know, it's ranked number one course in the world. Mm-hmm. I think I could probably picture pretty much every hole on that course. I think we'll view like maybe Eagles crossings like that one day and it just kind sure. of popped up. Yeah. I think there'll be more of that. I think it's kind of like golf where, like, TPC Sawgrass, mm-hmm. like, nobody knew about it. And then all of a sudden, everyone knows about it now. 17th hole, Island yeah. Green, right? Yeah. Yeah. They just played it, and it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I mean, to, so to some extent, you got to earn it. Yeah. Like, Google, Eagles Crossing, you, you've you got to earn, earn it. it. Yeah, the course has to be good, and I think with disc golf booming still and growing, it will mm-hmm. continue to have more good courses and yeah. worthy courses. Yeah. I mean, Vegas, I, I don't think that a whole lot changed. I mean, I think if your boots on the ground, there's probably, you know, a dozen things you can point at that, that were improved. Um, but from a viewership standpoint, it looked relatively similar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, nothing against that at all, but as far as, you know, and that one's tough cause it's three courses, but yeah. you know, as far as recognizing courses on tour, Waco was pretty much unchanged Un- from the viewer standpoint. The par, and that's like really it. Which was needed after yeah. Paul's 18. I feel like, was it hole 15, the corral hole? Yeah, that's a like par three all it day. It needs a different tee pad, I think. Maybe, yeah. I mean, it's Maybe a, a par three shorter. and a half. Yeah. It's cool. It's a great hole when there's a tailwind. Yeah, and it shouldn't be a four. Like, that no. part's un, unarguable. It shouldn't be a four, but, like, it's only really a great hole in a, with a tailwind. Mm-hmm. It's kind of lackluster without it. It's just, like, lay up, throw it up. Yeah. Three. Did they have a tail on round three? I think so. Because I know I, I what Conrad got it. Yeah. Maybe Gilbert. They I had a they tail were, during they were talking the, about it. the skins match. Okay. That's why KJ and Paul hit the pole. Yeah, dude, that looked so <laughs> good. Yeah, it like got robbed. Could have been maybe OB left. Yeah, maybe. I guess. But like it was probably gonna be. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna flare park. skip. I think that's I think that's in the circle. 
man. Yeah, so changing the par, but like Jonesboro, I think is you know, and Idlewild stays relatively the same, mm-hmm. and are are very much inching their way into iconic status if they stay on the tour two, mm-hmm. three, four more years. We know every single hole. Yeah, Vermont. Yeah, Smugs for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got two courses, but but very much earned, and you're you're starting to learn them. I want to see what happens with like Hornets Nest because it's a great course. Love it. Yeah, it's not great for fans, spectators. It's in a park, you know. Like, I won't be surprised if Tour Championships is not there this year. Oh, this year, huh? Mm-hmm. Interesting. We'll see. I don't know that it's announced, and I don't know no... where it would be. Yeah, I don't know either. They want it in the southeast. I'm pretty sure, dude. Florida needs something. Yeah, Florida Wait. needs something. You can argue Charlotte needs something too, though. That's fair. They've had something, but they they do deserve it. And I mean, you know, USTGC is right up the road. Yeah, another one where pretty much can picture every single hole. Yeah, I know that that course is never been there. Can picture every Mm -hmm. single hole, and they change they change things every year. It seems like I think it's like hole nine, like goes through big changes every day. They just keep trying to figure that all out. I think that's good if like they leave iconic holes alone, tweak them small. But if you have, like, not super great holes, start, like, tweaking things and trying things. Yeah. It's almost like relegation in a mm-hmm. in a league where, all right, your bottom four holes, they're at risk of, you know, getting yeah. completely omitted or completely changed. Yep. And if you have a good property, that's easier on than in some cases. Like Sure, and a single-use property helps. Yes. There, there were some holes at Swinson last year on our course where I'm like, yeah, that's probably about as good as you can get for this. Yeah, yeah. I don't know much, like what else you could have done more. Like in that back corner area by like six. Yeah, I mean, five, five wasn't a good hole. Oh, five, that's what I meant, five. It was interesting enough maybe maybe for us, but like not not a great hole. Six was okay. Um, You know, there's... Yeah, I think it was just mostly those few. two. Mm-hmm. It was mostly those two to me. I was just like, ah, don't love them. It's mostly just because like... You're trying to fit in. Yeah, I think like ten holes. and eleven. I didn't love. Is that like the one going at the green? Ten was going at the green, and then eleven was the, the giant, giant Annie. Yep. Yeah. And then eighteen wasn't wasn't great. Sixteen even, and you know I'm curious how the how people are going to feel about it this year because there's there's holes that I think were vastly improved, and then again I think there's a few holes that just like eh. You know, it's okay. Yeah. I think that's everywhere. I think that's the part of the issue with dual use. Sure. Which, like, I don't I don't think it would be so bad if you didn't have to, like, kind of follow the golf course as much and, like, stay away from certain areas. Yeah. Like, if, th- if that property was just like, hey, do whatever you want, it would be like, oh. Yeah, I wonder what Leonard would do <clears throat> with, and you, with and that freedom. And you sort of can there, mm-hmm. but there's, like, Obviously, a handful of areas areas you got to stay away from, or yeah, you can't go directly onto any green. Yeah, so that's that's ruled out. You know, it's not a ton of real estate, but it's ruled out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't know. Planting a tree would be nice too. Every now and then. like, hey, just plant a tree right here. Then yeah, right in the middle of their ball golf fairway. Yep. <laughs> Which honestly, y'all should be all right with that. Ball I'd... golfers need to get used to hitting around trees, man. That's what golf's about. Preaching to the choir here. If you're listening, you're a disc golfer. Trees in the fairway is a good thing. Golf's so hard, though. 
Yeah, so? I suck without trees. I know. I suck real bad. I might suck worse without trees. At least trees stop me from going off the fairway. It's good to have an excuse. It's like my, my shot would have been good. <laughs> yeah, right? It might have been hooking a hard right and just, you know, hit that tree. And when we went and played at uh, Spanos, well, there's no trees there. No, not a ton. A lot of water, though. Oh, a ton. <laughs> I lost so many balls. <laughs> yeah, we were down quite a few balls that day. A lot of pride, too. Yeah, my pride was gone. I don't think I've, I haven't played golf since, actually. No, I don't know that any of us have. And I'm like, I'm I'm ready to play again, but I am. Oh, I broke my toe thanks yeah. to Neiman, so I can't play. But it's not a thanks to Neiman. I'm just saying that. He's also said he's going to be here Friday. Guilty party to that. Yeah, we were out. Oh, I was had a couple too many of these beers here. It was it actually happened. pre-gaming, so it wasn't even that late. We were going to the to cast to cast iron and uh, ran my toe over with a gate. Yeah, it hurts to throw. I just threw lefty a couple of times just to make sure I threw harder than him. Still, right foot, left foot, left, left foot. pinky toe. Okay. So yeah, your backhand should be fine. Righty backhand. The pushing off hurts. Yeah, club up. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably get away with it now. Straddle putt helps. Straddle not, putt helps. You're not pushing off there. Yeah. Oh, dude, that video was, was pretty cool. I watched it again. The Paul putting video. I don't know who did it. I should know the guy's name. I'll look it up. Yeah, that was cool. He, so he uh, used... Um, damn it, what program was that? Yeah, that Gimby? I don't know. Gimby, that maybe? That sounds right. I think it's just... It's basically a free version of uh, Photoshop. Yeah, the, uh, the video is called Paul Macbeth Disc Golf Putting. It's by Con Bon Wood, C-O-N-B-O-N Wood, W-O-U-L-D. Um, interesting video where he's basically just got like a freeze frame of Paul putting. Yeah. And it's a bunch of different angles and he kind of just breaks it down. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, it's interesting, like, not, you know, nine minute video. And I don't know that I would have like found the same things. I think he kind of, you know, pointed out some some like odd points I think to focus on, but mm-hmm. altogether like a good breakdown and a great tool to use. I thought it was really, it's something I've uh, thought a lot about why I like straddle putting. Sure. And it's the upward motion. Yeah. And I, that's where I get all my power putting. And I've always talked about like using the ground to like, to transfer energy. Mm-hmm. That's what pushing up is mm-hmm. more or less. And um, I think that really kind of, em- that video emphasized that even though Paul is in a staggered stance, he yep. goes up down. Yeah. He doesn't go forward. Well, and I think Rick like exaggerates that almost even more. It's yep. easier to tell because mm-hmm. he's just straight lever. Yeah. Like just straight up. Yep. It's and it's why up. they don't miss left right very often either. hundred percent. It takes out variables just mm-hmm. coming up. It's all your power and you're just extending it forward now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I always switch to straddle. I mean, it's just come more comfortable to me anyways from catching standpoint. But it's just going straight up, and it's like I don't have any weird, like, variables due to my feet being staggered. Yeah. Like pushing energy left to right. Yeah, or coming from your left hip. Yeah. I always feel like you're bringing in a little left-right if that's kind of where, where your pocket comes from. Mm-hmm. And I understand people not want to come th- from their right hip because it's harder to generate power. Sure. Um. So. Yeah, that's where I come from, whether I like it or not. 
seems to always kind of come from my right hip. I made my putt come from more from my like right hip now, but I like it. It's mostly because of wind. Wind made me do that. I can yeah. spin it a little bit more. Definitely need to spin it in the wind out here. Yeah. For sure. Wind made me a better putter overall, I think. Putting in the wind is important. Yeah, interesting video breakdown, though. Yeah, I like the style of uh, breaking down how the limbs are, um, what they're all doing. Even if you're just just noticing where they are, even if you don't know why they're doing it. And just then, like, the more you notice things, um, you can kind of start noticing patterns. And the fact that he broke it down at all and started there. Uh, one of the interesting things to me was, like, how much his left shoulder moved compared to his right shoulder. Okay. Like, it was up and like back yeah and his and his right shoulder didn't really move a ton it kind of just stayed there and his arm did the work mm-hmm. almost using that twist yep. to kind of go forward mm-hmm. yeah the putting's interesting there's a lot more mechanics involved than one would think sure and i'm a fan somewhat like putting to me is almost all mental mm-hmm. but there's like 14 different ways to putt, probably more, maybe less. I'm just Dude, guessing. That's yeah, just a number like I a threw billion, out there. But yeah. That's just a number I threw out there. There's a lot of ways to putt. Yep. In each way of putting, there are mechanics that will make you more comfortable and therefore more confident. Yeah. Type of a thing. I just want the like the simplest, most repeatable motion and something that won't break down when like the pressure is on mm-hmm. and you know, I don't know the best way to describe it, but basically a very simple, repeatable motion. Yeah. Like dummy almost. Not dummy, but like when when you want just, when you can just throw a hyzer. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like kind of just, just put this putt in. Yeah. Yeah. I feel it. I'm very happy with my putt right now. I feel good with that. It's just, dude, putting so much confidence. And I will yeah, no stand doubt. by it. And I don't believe that you should just go putt with no purpose. No, not at all. Like there are, you should putt with mechanics and stuff, but mm-hmm. like it's, you're putting with mechanics in order to build your confidence is kind of my, there's my like two types of putting practice that I'll do. And one is like laboratory. I'm trying to figure something out and mm-hmm. I'm trying different things and trying to get that repetition. And then two is simulating pressure. Once I feel good about my, my form and exactly kind of what my, my, my thought process is mm-hmm. and how I want it to look and how I want it to feel. Then I'm just simulating pressure and I'm getting reps. Then I will, uh, add an- another one. I just pure reps period. Sure. Because, uh, I'll do both of those things. Like I'll mm-hmm. simulate pressure, do different like types of drills and things. I will definitely tweak things and just putt and, yeah, I think that's the things. first level is tweaking it and yeah. seeing what feels comfortable, testing out different things that you've yeah. either seen or you've thought about. And then kind of once I'm settled in on how my putt should feel like that day or that moment, I will like just get pure reps doing that. Yeah. Like as many as I can. And then I will putt for pressure after that. Yeah. My putting routine is kind of like normally three different things mm-hmm. for fun. Loose, it's like a loose up slash mess mm-hmm. with things. Period, and then just like, all right, all the reps, get it, put as many times as I can mm-hmm. and, and feel comfortable. And then there's a little bit of pressure simulation at the end. Yeah. But I've always been a fan of putting from real close most of the time, 15, 20 feet. Yeah, I don't think you need to go much outside like 25 on a normal 
you know, session. I think it's good to get those circles edge and then, you know, get in a few jumpers if you want. Yep. Um, I like getting that. I honestly like jumpers. I feel like I need to earn in a putting session. <laughs> it's, it's a weird thing that like, if I, if I'm putting well and you know, maybe it's towards the end of the, the session. And if I hit these, you know, next five, 25 footers in a row, then I'll like allow myself to take ten, 10 jumpers for fun or whatever it might be. Yeah. It's like, I know Rick's different because Rick is a superhuman. Sure. But like for a lot of people, it's like, I shouldn't go back there until I can make this putt yep. type of a thing. Yeah. That's how I know how I feel. The reason why I put so many 20 footers is because I feel if I just get really good at this, even if I'm 35 feet and I miss that putt and have a 20 footer coming back, yeah. I'm very confident I can make it. Therefore, I'm going to put that putt with a little more confidence. Yeah, it's huge confidence on the on the 35, 40 footers to not worry about mm-hmm. having to hit that comebacker. Yeah. And just, you know, like pure statistics, you're going to have a ton of like 15 to 25 footers throughout every round. Unless you're Evelina. Dude. Like, dude. The, that might be the worst putting performance. She's like, and she's so good. So talented. If she, dude, if she could have put the disc in the basket from 15 feet, she would have won that tournament. There's a great argument like, for that. She shot, was it 0% from circle 1X or circle 2 the first round? Yeah, I don't know, man. That was, I I watched third round live. I think second round was Saturday, and I, I caught some of it while I was working, but not all of it. And, dude, just, you could tell she was shook. Mm-hmm. And I think we've all had rounds like that where... Yeah. It doesn't, it, you feel like, and it, it translates so much to the tee pad too, where you know you have to park, park it, it yeah. otherwise you're not getting that stroke. Yeah, you put so much more extra pressure. Yeah, where if, the, you know, if the opposite is true, you feel so good on that tee pad where you go, just give me within 80 and we're going to go ahead and yeah, make that just, something. Just throw it somewhere near the basket. Yeah, it's it's tough to watch. Again, we've all been there. And, but she you know, shot so good. She was leading the tournament with making zero putts. Yeah, parking. Yeah, parking. Or laying up, I guess, from... Yeah, laying up for par or just parking the heck out of it yeah. for birdie. It's crazy. So talented off the tee. And, I, I, you know, makes me think of, like, Katrina, for example, where obviously she's had her, you know, struggles from short. And I think it was Rick that she worked with last mm-hmm. season. I think we were hearing about, you know, her working with Rick. And I would love to see somebody take Evelina right now and go... Let's just dial in your 20-footer, whatever it is, from like 10 to 20 feet. Mm -hmm. Let's just get you making 90% of those. Yeah. And And don't worry about anything else. Yeah, don't worry about any other part. Go ahead and be like tentative from 35. That's okay. Yep. Just be very, very comfortable from 20 and in, and you're going to increase your pay rate a decent chunk. You're going to be the best player in the world. Yeah. Like... You're you're competing already, very much so. Like you are leading the tournament without making a putt. Just putt a little, bit. like oh man. Yeah, it's I mean crazy. right now, like obviously Valerie huge win. Um, you know Katrina took it down in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Paige looks like she's obviously right in the mix. Kristen yep. looks incredible with There's her game. Never right now. been more people vying at the top of the FPO. Hundred percent. It's great. I love it. Hannah's it seems like she's struggling a little bit yeah, for these first couple weeks. I wonder how much of this also is like maybe a little bit of adjustment, culture shock yeah, type of a thing. I know they've both played over here before. Yeah, not their first time, but but still. It's been a minute. 
it's, it's been a while. To... It's post COVID. Also, mm-hmm. America is very different COVID policies and stuff than other places in the world. Sure. Um, I don't know. There's a lot that could go into it. And Henna shot a pretty good round three, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure. It's, it seemed like she was coming back. Katrina was like smashing round three. Yeah. She's super good. Put herself a decent ways back. But it, it does seem like those those four girls right now plus Evelina, if you're looking at like Valerie taking it down, Katrina, Paige, and Kristen, and then Owen certainly holding her own. You know, a lot of ladies in the Owen's mix. Owen's so consistent. Yeah. That putt and approach, like that forehand approach game is nasty. Yeah, her putt is so solid. Like it wouldn't be the the exact like form or like snap that I would teach, but I don't really worry about her Mm-mm. her putts. Like and then the tons of wind this last week. Yeah, tons of wind. I mean, it's most of America is windy, especially that sure. middle part where disc golf's very prevalent. Yeah, it's a windy part of the country. I was very impressed with how those ladies were putting like some testy. Mm-hmm. 20 to 30 footers like so, so many more than i would hit it's not even close <laughs> very impressed i'm impressed every time i watch live coverage man all yeah. of them dude shout out mo and the boys they are yeah i'm sure there's a couple of ladies in there too but they're doing amazing like that live coverage is so good and crisp and clean yeah getting yeah. better all the time well worth the money yeah i'm in for it uh, can we talk about Paul Macbeth on Skins talking about how he got his bag stolen? Or no, not oh. his bag stolen, but he left his bag in Waco. Yeah. And then, so he was in Waco f- pre-memorial. Yep. Probably during Vegas, yep. essentially. Yep. Drove, I guess I am drove or flew to Arizona. Arizona and realized he didn't have his disc golf bag. Oops. Used all new discs. Don't matter. Best player in the world. Let's go. And shot eleven, like eleven oh eight. I think was the unofficial rated. Mm -hmm. That was the early unofficial. So, Alex Lyon. Is that not the first? Like that's not the first time he's had to play with a different bag at Memorial, right? I'm pretty sure. Like he got his bag stolen there once. Yeah, like I don't know, four or five years ago. Someone did. I don't know if it was him, but I feel like it was him. I feel like it was him. And then I think it was at Worlds when I was there in Utah last year. And he hit up Jeff Corns and he says, I can't get into my car right now. I might need to use your bag at Worlds. <laughs> Ended up, I think, being able to get into his car. But Might need to use your bag. Yeah, That's like, pretty funny. Apparently, it ain't no thing to just use whatever discs. I'd feel pretty confident if I got to throw in the field beforehand. Yeah, and I would, like, if I was just able to use the same molds... I feel like if I grabbed your bag, I'd figure it out in the field before a tournament just fine. Yeah. I think the issue is like someone else's bag that I'm not familiar with, that it's not as similar. Mm-hmm. Maybe Paul and Corns have similar bags. Uh, sure. I mean, obviously same brand. I wonder, too, like how how new most of the discs in his bag are. Simon says he throws all brand new discs. Yeah, so at that point, like give me... Yeah. Any, you know, brand new set of discs, and I'm probably okay. Yeah, he likes his disc. He said uh, he likes his disc easy to replace. <laughs> yeah, let me get, like, two throws on every disc, and I'm probably, like, good enough. Yeah, you can kind of figure out a disc. Yeah. I definitely figure out a disc a little bit more with more throws. 
Yeah. But it's the, the interesting part is when discs start breaking in. Mm-hmm. And then you got a disc that does something a little bit different than other discs that you can't just like very easily replace. Yeah. I lost uh I lost my money destroyer before the round at the Devils tournament on Saturday. Ooh. Threw it in the fairway. It's just tall grass. Lost it. Like it was it was in the fairway and we never found it. Damn. Um yeah, missed it a decent amount. I didn't realize how vulnerable that spot was. I have like my my DD three that's a little flippy, and then a like a beefy destroyer, nothing really in between. And so I did miss it, but I I was testing out four different destroyers today before the round, and it was like two throws on each. And I go, you know, I I think I have a good enough like expectation now mm-hmm. what these are gonna do. Yeah, I think especially with like a mold like the destroyer where you've thrown yeah. I don't know. You've thrown a thousand different destroyers, probably. Yeah, I mean that's that's high, that's but I've high, thrown but like a I've lot. thrown a destroyer a thousand times at least. So yeah. oh, easily. But I'm like, yeah, you've probably thrown a hundred different destroyers since I've known you. Yeah, hundred hundred's fair. And then like, I don't know. I feel like I've thrown a lot of different destroyers, and I've not thrown as many destroyers as you. It's kind of my feeling sure. on it. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I got a, I got one backhand on each, and then one forehand on each. I think I ended up with. Two forehands and one backhand on each of the four, and just picked out two and like yeah these these yep, will work. These one will work. was like decently flippy, and I go you know what I think I kind of need this. And then one of like the other three were kind of all somewhat Sons. neutral. Yep. And just picked out one. Nice. Like yeah, this this felt fine and and flew fine. So let's roll. It's a good place to be when you got a bunch of them that are like yep I can use any of these. Almost lost one of them too. <laughs> I threw like kind of in the short grass. And I threw eight discs on hole two. I threw four from the tee pad, just kind of warming up the forehand. And I stepped like 30, 40 feet behind the tee pad. So that it was actually destroyer distance and threw four more. And I was like, shit, I got to find eight discs right now. <laughs> Get some, some vitamins and a little bit of beer in me. It's going to take a second to find them. Yeah. That'll definitely happen. Yeah. A little windy round today, but that was fun. Dude, I'm excited for the the daylight, uh, day, permanent daylight savings time. Maybe allegedly, I was following Twitter really, really closely on free agency day on Monday, and saw that. I think it was Ian or uh, yeah. he was either Ian Rappaport or Schefter is like, this is maybe the biggest news of the <laughs> off season, and I guess it like unanimously passed Senate. I don't know what yeah, else. It needs to go. To, it needs to pass the House now, okay. and then it's law. Yeah, I mean. How does anything unanimously pass Senate right now? I feel like that's a surefire. It's going to pass everything. If if y'all can agree on something, y'all can agree on something? Dude, I was on Twitter and everyone was a fucking bitching about it. And I was like, well, really? Yeah. They're like, now kids have to go to school in the dark. I'm like, maybe start school later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why are kids? Why are kids going to school for eight hours a day? That's 730 in the morning. Yeah, 730 is fine. It's light out at 730. Is it light out at 730 right now? Yeah, I think so. I, I usually wake up like 6, 6.30-ish these days, and it's a little dark out then. But, I mean, I'm driving in 7. I, I think I left my house probably 7, 10 today. It was plenty light out. Those kids will be fine. If not, we'll make more kids. Like, not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can, we can make Humans more. are we've, good at one thing. We've proven that, yeah, making, making more, more kids. <laughs> not as good as rabbits. They're like There's other species that are better. Sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, but we're up there. We're, we're decent at it. We have thumbs. Opposable thumbs. Yeah. I can touch my pinky. For now. Can so, you do it with your toes? 
No. <laughs> They've been in shoes far too long. Yeah, one's broken. And too. one's broke that poor little toe. It's the smallest little toe also. One thing I was thinking about last week was how many relevant brands there are now. Oh, dude, walking walking through the shop with, with Brian. Yeah. It was he was like, well, What are all these brands? He's been hasn't been around sport in two years. Yeah. And there was a hundred, like there are way more brands. I was like, oh, and this brand and this brand. I was like, you like these Dino discs? And yeah, so I feel like when we when we sort of got going with this, it was as far as like releases that moved the needle. It was you know Innova was moving the needle, mm-hmm. and like Trilogy was, and you know Discraft was, and like Prodigy. Was. There was like there was basically like a select handful. Yeah. That were interesting mm-hmm. and, you know, any any hot release would, you know, kind of get, get some good momentum. Now it's like at least a dozen. Dude, it's crazy. Like some brands, I'm like, wait, what's that brand? Like Elevation. Yeah. Elevation, the Koi was going crazy on the secondary market. Yep. And I'm just like, where did this brand come from? I had no clue. I didn't even hear about it. And discs are selling for 70 bucks and stuff. Yeah. Like, this is wild. Yeah, I mean, Mint moves the needle. Thought Space. Thought Space, yeah. Like, there's there's a ton of brands. Castaplast, Dude, for Castaplast, sure. we can't even keep it stocked. Nope. I showed him the Castaplast section, and it was like, I was like, this is all I got. It's like, some Bergs, some Ricos, and maybe a couple other things, but. Yeah, so much, man. It's it's nuts. You know, there's, I think, at least a dozen relevant brands. And that there's, I mean, there's a million that are, there's obviously not that many, but uh, like, there's a ton of relevant brands. There's there's at least a dozen that that are really moving weight. Yeah, move like any release has a large following. Yeah, yeah. Well, we released FDs this morning. Uh, yep. Yeah, we didn't have a ton. We're still waiting for kind of those like supply gates to to open wide. But it'd be yeah. nice to have a huge Dismania section. Oh, dude, I know. To just order whatever we wanted. Mm-hmm. I, I keep waiting for that day where where it's you can order whatever you need and what you kind of expect to sell in like the next month or so. Right now, it's still so much, I call it just fear-based ordering where, <laughs> you know, they, they say, okay, the, you know, the DD3, for example, is open. You know, how many do you want? It's like, shit, we'll probably take like 3,000 right now because we don't know when we'll be able to restock it again. But, you know, picture ourselves in this in this spot, you know, five years in the future or whatever, where, you know, how many DD3s do you want for, you know, the next month or so? And it's, you know, it's a different number. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm waiting for that. Like, Innova's almost there where we, they don't have every SKU in stock, but we're able to order however much we want of everything, you know, within reason. I think we try to order 20,000 destroyers. We might get a phone call, but... um. You know, I, I tossed in an order the other day for, you know, just going through our website. What do we need? Mm-hmm. And I haven't been able to do that with, like, barely any company for, you know, three years now. It's yeah. Nuts. It was, uh, like, the fear-based buying thing is you bought a bunch of zones a while back. And then yeah. today you got the order and you're like, ah, that's a lot of zones. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> we still got, like, 500 zones coming in. <laughs> we have a ton of that zones. You know, I think they're all yellow and orange. So I'm hoping we get something besides that. Yeah, it'd be nice to get some color mix up in there. 
Yeah, but even then, like, they're not going bad, and no. people will buy Macbeth's zones, so yeah, the just a matter of how long it'll take us to get through them. The issue is uh, if we run out of storage, which I don't think we will. Having next door and the the shelving, I'm excited to see how much that clears things up. Yeah, Mark walking in today with, like, Costco-style <laughs> shelving. We were like, these are Home Depot racks. They're all yep. orange. Yep. Yeah. We're, we're excited for that. The little things, man. You get excited for the weirdest things now. I know. It's like full-on adulting where you're just, what are you excited about these days? <laughs> we just got some shelving that <laughs> really gets my gears going. Uh, we had uh, customers from Oregon in today. Nice. After you guys left. Yeah. I'm headed down to Bakersfield. Okay. And they got to see the label egg and they were stoked. Nice. They were like, this thing's huge. They didn't even know about it. I was like, you want to put the stickers on the label egg? They're like, the label egg? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's over here and I showed it like, damn, it's a big ass label egg. Getting up there. I tried to curl it today and I cannot. It's a little awkward and yeah. it's like 55 pounds or something like which, which wouldn't be that hard to curl. Like I guess, you know, separate 30 dumbbells, but uh, maybe I'll have to try again. I feel like a bitch. It's also like just the, the hand, like the way they grip it is yeah. really hard. Yeah. The picture of me, like Neiman took a picture of me on Saturday, like, Two in the morning, picking the egg up over my head, and I've done that. I did that today again, and I was like, "Damn, this is, this is heavy. It's awkward." Sweetheart, sizable out there. Yeah, it's awkward. It is. Yeah, it is. It's a uh, getting girthy, man. Yeah, Garrett girthy. Throws, it is. Yeah, he's gonna throw as far as double G one day. I cannot throw that egg very far. I know that, <laughs> dude. I we were talking about the other day when we used to throw it in the parking lot over our head. Yep. See how far we could throw it? Yeah, it was probably like 25, 30 pounds at that point. Like, it was yeah. heavy. Dude, we we need to get the strongman. We got to find a local strongman or something for to do a couple things. Right now, we could do it to throw the keg, like a keg throw. Sure. But, like, long term, be like, come back every year and do something, like, slightly different maybe. Dude, keg throw is so perfect because it's just the egg throw. The you egg know? throw, yeah. It plays. It but plays then really we can well. use it as like an atlas. And like can yeah. like when it's atlas so stones. when it's so big, like yep. can you lift this up here? Yeah. Can you do this? Yeah. Can you lift some other things too while you're here? <laughs> <laughs> it's like we could use this. Move that couch over there. <laughs> put them to work. Oh man. Kyle, you hear that? You gotta get buff. So you can keg throw this. Just flex. About to bust out of that Thought Space jersey for sure. Oh, yeah, go buy a Thought Space jersey. We only have all of them left, actually. All the colors. Yeah, different sizes. I think we're finally selling out of a handful mediums. of different sizes. Mediums of, I'm going to guess, like uh, the ice and the... The Starry Night, Starry for sure. Night, for sure. You just ordered some more Thought Space jerseys for Zoe and Dyke, Eric Oakley, and Matt Bell. Ooh, infinite ones? Uh, just through Thought, Thought Space. Space specifically, I, w- I would bet Infinite oh, yeah. is selling at least a couple. They of are them. all Thought Space sponsored, so it makes sense. Yeah, Zoe's is dope. I like Zoe's. I like Zoe's, then Matt's, then Eric's. Eric's is cool too. Um, but I like Zoe's, I think, the best. Kind of like a rising sun, good color contrast. They do great work. Yeah, Speaking they do. Speaking of doing great work, main disc art. Oh, so good. Yeah, we made a little YouTube video. You can check it out. Um, I don't know how they're selling. I haven't checked. We only got 10 of them in. 
They are a little bit pricey because they're, they're so very good. Expensive. They are such good artwork though. Like it's a piece of art to me. Yeah. I think it's worth it. I don't. I wish you could get the effect without viewing it on a screen. You can with a strobe light at the right. That's fair. But it's still it's not the same. Yeah, I wish but, you could get it just by spinning. But they also like because in the video I made on YouTube, two of the discs or two of the videos, the front and the end don't have like the pure phenakistoscope look to it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get it right. It's really hard actually. And I try to use a nice camera and everything. I'm also not that talented. But it also looks super sick just spinning. Dude, he's really good. Like it, it looks good stationary. The line like the line work is so crisp and clean. I like the way that he must like plan it out mm-hmm. to where, you know, this is how it has to look in order for it to have the desired effect when spinning. Yeah. I and for us he did five designs. Yeah, two of each. Different colors on each, but just the foresight from yeah. concept to actually putting putting it and on. It's just as like side hobby job. Yeah, he's in college. Just a college kid that likes to play disc golf. Just a little twerp. <laughs> yeah, Caden Leach, dude. Shout out to that guy. He's yeah. dope. That's uh, honestly I think my favorite die artist that I've seen. He's in definitely years. my favorite die artist. Like I like a few of them and kind of been getting into them to like dies a little bit more recently. And it's my favorite for sure. There's some super talented humans mm-hmm. and like vibrant, you know, ton of different styles, but just the, the vibrance of this and then the, the visual effect that it can have when, when spinning too is just takes it to a whole different level. Yeah. And then like what really sold me was getting them in person and seeing how clean the lines are. Cause it's hard to die. Like die likes to bleed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wonder how they, how they do over the course of, you know, five, 10 years. Yeah. I'm going to guarantee you they bleed out a little bit. They have to, but just like getting them initially and like lines are crisp. They're clean. Yeah. They look good. The colors look nice. Mm -hmm. Also swirls on those prodigy. Nasty. Yeah. Crazy. Nasty. I think it was H three V twos that we got mm-hmm. bottom stamped. I just took pictures of them and that like two for sure stood out as two of the best discs I've I've seen. One of them was a, a step above the other, and just ridiculous. Like three, I feel like almost three primary colors too. Like it it was uh, red. I think it was red, yellow, and green. There's blue of, too. Yeah. They're just nasty. Like the middle was red. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it was blue and green. Might have been blue and green. And then like a little bit like a brown rust color. Yeah. Yeah. And the other one was like purple. Yeah. When swirls have more than two colors, it's already like, okay, you have my attention. Yeah. And then when they can get that bright contrast and then you add three, four, five, like Mm -hmm. those... That colors it was it was gorgeous. We'll have to put a picture of. Yeah, I'll take I'm a. Sure, by the time you see this, it's probably gone. Yeah, we'll just show you for the. But it the was fun beautiful. Of it. Yeah, I'll throw it up on the screen. Bam! Right there, right in front of my face. So much prettier than us. That was for Kyle. Hopefully, he switched there. That's <laughs> no, right. Shout out to Kyle on the ones and twos. We still got to get a camera over there. Oh, we got to get a camera during the live stream for your face so you can switch to your face right now. Bang. And a mic maybe? Yeah, I think so. 
<laughs> Definitely don't want a Michael Brownie over there. But with Kyle, we can we can let it happen. So here's a Luke question. He's number one right now. Yep. At the end of the season, where is he ranked for Pro Tour? Top eight, get mm. buys all the way to like the end, right? You don't want that. So if you want to win yeah. the Pro Tour, I mean, I mean, it, you do want that. Sure, for for hundred percent want that. Yeah, but for the tournament alone, you don't want that. Personal opinion. Top eight for Luke. Over under. Man, that's so hard. It's tough, honestly. Like, like, like I really, I really want to say under. By Red under, start, I mean, obviously. By under, I mean like better than eighth. Yeah, a lower number than eighth like, ranked. I'm a man that likes a little bit of history, and oh, Luke has history though. I was actually thinking this. I'm like, dude, guy won am worlds. I know. Like, I, like, I think we'll get him on the podcast probably in the next few weeks. I wanted to get him this week, and I'm just too lazy to ask and too busy, and got got tied down with other shit. And I hate I hate asking. You know, our players for, for this and that when I know their time's valuable. Um, but I would love to get them on. And one of the things I was I, I will bring up is, like, you've won Am Worlds. You've been the guy, you know, going down these fairways with plenty of pressure. Obviously, it's mm-hmm. not the same pressure as, as a pro tour. I think even a pro tour is less than, you know, obviously less talent pool than, than a, you know, a, a Am major is to – to a pro tour and elite series pro. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, that's still big. There. There's a lot of people there. Yeah. Like the, f- the crowds, like just the amount of people that are at the course for Am worlds that last day. Yeah. Or even like three, 400, like competent humans mm-hmm. vying for that title. Yeah. And usually it seems like I, in the am world, someone's running away with it or close. I and felt like, like I was good. And I played the same Am Worlds, and I was like, I want to win this. As yeah. I went into it, and I finished like 81st place. Yeah, not even fucking close. Not even anywhere. Fucking close. Yeah. And I was a California State champion that year and like was playing really good golf. Yeah, and Luke says, hold my beer, son. Also, it was my birthday, and I got hammered after I played one bad round. Yeah, so shout out you, bud. Yeah, it was fun. I had a great time. Would not change a thing. And neither would Luke. No. Because he won that so much. Yeah, that was fun as hell. That was a... Yeah, and so I wonder, like, how that that preps you, you know? And he had won the week before, I think. I forget which tournament, but he won, I think, like, an A tier, B tier in Texas the week before. Um, you know, so taking down, obviously, a lesser tier event, but still going to a tournament and beating mm-hmm. everyone else that, that signed up for that weekend that wanted to win. And just kind of how that prepares you for this, like, this is a stage... Yeah. It's live golf. I thought this comment he made round, was around before round two, where they asked him, like, hey, dude, you're playing, who would you play with round three then? Paul and. Oh, and round three? Yeah, I think it was round round three, because round two was Fish and. Nick Carl. Nick Carl, yeah. So who was, it was Paul and. It was Kale. Kale. And, uh, dang it, I forget the fourth. Maybe it was maybe it was Kale he was talking about, but he was basically like they asked him like like what do you need to do? And he goes, I need to play like Paul and Kale aren't there, or Paul and whoever <laughs> aren't there. Yeah, and I'm like that's honest as hell, yep. like super honest. Oh, it was uh somebody was like three strokes back, and like ready to strike. Gosh. Oh, it was Dickerson. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it was so like, I, I need. I, he said, "I need to play like Paul and Chris aren't there." Yeah, it was like 16, 15, 14, 11, or something mm-hmm. like that to to start Sunday. Shout out my fantasy team, Ballin. Thank nice. you guys, Chris Dickerson. Yeah, I had. I've got Kale on, on mine. Um, yeah, dude, like that. That start, like he shanks it early into that brush, and like seems to shake it off. You know, kind of mm-hmm. laughs it off. Um, he's always got a good attitude out there, super approachable. Um, and then, you know, gets his, I think gets a five on the first hole. I think it leaves it a little short and then misses if I'm remembering right. And then I think bogeys or like pars the next hole because his, his drive wasn't great. And then his second shot goes OB left. And I think he basically like gives it a soft run or whatever Mm -hmm. gets the par um rough start for sure like not how you're picturing it you're done that second day you're done saturday like i'm one off the lead like um like i'm i'm the man you know what i mean yeah. like i'm mm-hmm. right there yep i'm in 100%. the mix there's so many people that that feel like they have a chance to win and they do going into the weekend and then you know it's 80% of those people don't have a chance to win going into the last round and he 100% does yeah. And then to have that, you know, balloon be deflated completely in the first couple holes by just going, you know, three or four strokes worse than you can shoot, you know, than than your ceiling is, um, to be able to come back from that was was impressive. Yeah. It was at one point they said there were twelve people vying for second. Yeah. And there was only like four or five holes left. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, there's only one person in second. Yeah, Luke, Luke, and uh, I think it was Chris and Kale were all in the mix, and they they had more holes to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, once you start birdieing those holes, that everybody else kind of kind of ends Falls up dropping out. out. Yeah, yeah, he's balling right now, though, man. Everything looks so good. He throws like so upright. Yeah. And it's it's one of the things that like is hard for me to always wrap my head around, because it doesn't necessarily like. One thing you're kind of drilled in as an athlete is like you gotta like bend your knees and stuff a little bit, and like he definitely has his knees bent, but he's just so much more upright than like Paul. Paul sure. throws from real low, um, and it's like it's just very different looking to me, and it's once sometimes I'm like, yeah, if he just like did this, but at the same time it's like, dude, you're shredding. He's killing it. His putt is so interesting too. Just yeah, kind of just steps a, up there and just a little bit of a like a late flick mm-hmm. to a late like wrist motion that really helps the putt generate power and go forward. Yep. Um I worry about like the left and right of it, especially late and when there's pressure on the line, but he was hitting him. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's hundred percent working. Yeah. It's almost like eagle ish at the end. What's sure. That? Flick out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I I look at, like, the putt he made, I feel like, on 15, I think, where he sort of left himself probably 20, 25 and wouldn't normally be a hard putt, but I think it was a pretty strong, like, right left and just dead center. Mm-hmm. Just killing it. Walked up to a lot of putts. I think it was, like, hole four or something maybe where he was kind of around a tree like a downhill to the right and there's plenty of danger if you if you mess it up 
and just drills it, you know, to kind of like a tourniquet putt at that point, just stop mm-hmm. the bleeding. Yep. Um, hit a bunch of those. He has like very like a, he's very stoic. It's a cool hand, Luke. Yeah, he's just chilling. Yeah. I thought it was funny that video of him walking up. He's got his hands in his pocket. Head's like not moving as he's walking. Yeah. Like that calm walk, like still walk. Some people don't do it, can't do it at all. Mm-hmm. Some people are just like very upright. And that's what he had. There's that sunglasses on, hoodie on, that pink OTB hat. It's a vibe. Luke's got that vibe for sure. Like mm-hmm. Luke, Luke always seems like he's he's even keel and just kind of, I don't know the best way to describe it, but just very level. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't feel like I was worried about the moment ever being too big. And I think maybe even too like skins, like obviously, uh, you know, if you're out going enough and you're on tour, you're going to be used to being around these players. Yeah. And on camera. Yeah. And on camera. And I think, you know, skins is some certain viability of like, okay, I'm, I'm in these groups a lot. Yeah. You feel like you belong. Yeah. Just being, that is definitely a thing is like a imposter syndrome. Sure. Comfort level. Yeah. Um, being somewhere and being like, I don't feel like I belong in this spot. Yeah. Like I felt that. I mean, sure. Everyone's felt I that. I think to some everyone degree. has felt that yeah. at some point. For and sure. there's no bigger place to feel that than on lead card. And like yeah. On lead card. Day with two. Paul Macbeth. On lead card, card. Day three. Final round. Yeah. Yeah. After not doing it a ton prior. No. Like I, that's, I would wager that's the first lead card he's been on, on live coverage ever not at vegas was he not on lead card at vegas i don't think so i think he was chase or chase or even chase chase i think it was chase chase Chase. lit it up with on that final round they were they were following uh him and ezra oh yeah k jones was third that was the otb card yeah yeah they were all on fire yep yeah and so yeah i don't think he was on lead card at all there I think Calvin was on lead and kind of dropped off. Um, Gannon held his own. But, yeah, and I don't know that at any point in the last few years he had made it. No, not that I remember. And so, like, that Saturday was really the first time I think he was probably in that position of, like, and I don't even think he had been on, like, a feature card for, like, round one. No, I don't think so either. And that, you know, that to, to 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 some extent is not even earned. You know what I mean? I think it's earned based on like popularity and such, mm-hmm. um, or even just demographics and being being the local like vote in. Um, but I don't even think he had been been on that. I thought that one stat was funny too with the ten seventy rated rounds. It was like I want to say it was Andrew Fish and Nick Carl. Is there no? It's only three of them that shot it. Oh, I know. What it you're was talking Nick about. Carl with one. Uh, ten seventy rated round. Luke with three, and Paul with a hundred and sixty. Jesus, <laughs> I think yeah, we were talking about the the shop, and like, I don't think any of us at the shop have ever hit ten seventy. No, never come close. I never hit ten forty. Yeah, and I don't think we. I don't think I've hit ten thirty actually. I don't think we ever will. No, nope. sadly, I think nope. we maybe have the skill. Like that's that might I be our. Feel like the peak of our play. Is like ten sixty five. Sure, ten seventy maybe on a good yeah. day. To have at a, least a current skill. To have 
for Paul to have that many tens. I mean, I guess you're freaking 1050 something at one point. He was 1060 at some point. So, like, that's your average. Yeah. Your average, Paul, is so much better than 99.9% of golfers will ever shoot. Bro, he beat us at doubles. And we played good. He earned that dub. That was crazy. We I mean, we played great. We played good though. Yeah, no, we we played good. We left a few out there, but that's golf. Yeah, um, and Paul didn't leave. I mean, he'd say he left a few out there. I'm sure he left. Uh, yeah, it was 15 on 18. Three, he left three out there. And I think what next best was like Brody playing Cali at like 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like what that one hole. I'm like, I don't even think I could get it. Which one? Um, they throw like a force over, yeah. I think like it's Thunderbird like type sh- something or something. I think we could. I think certainly in doubles, you give us like five, six cracks at it, and we're we're gonna birdie. Yeah, I, just, I I can't even think about the shot I'm throwing. Like I threw like what I thought was an okay shot, and I like still almost hit everything. Yeah, and then still was nowhere close. He's definitely got some home course knowledge. Like we were, yeah. we were reading it blind. True, definitely blind. And he's dropped better rounds than we can ever shoot like consistently there. Yeah, that guy's too good. Damn it, Paul. Best in the world. Best ever. I think we looked him right in the eye after that. It was just like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, in the most complimentary way possible, fuck you. He just looked at us, and he was like, that's a good round. He's, he almost had it. And, like, the way he said it, I just knew. I'm like, And also, we had heard that yeah. he shot better. Yeah. We had gotten word that, that he had shot pretty well. And I think at that point, we already had... Two pars through like seven, mm-hmm. and we like almost birdied out at that point. Yeah, that course is cool, interesting. Yeah, I'd, it's, I'd play it again. It's one of those courses that makes me feel very uncomfortable off the tee pad a lot. Like, yeah. and right away, like, ooh, I got to do something weird with the disc out of my hands. Tee pads are so important. The doubles pr- tournament we played this Saturday, tee pads were awful. Awful, like slick, weird footing, and like mostly slick, all super temp on like DG, and then like rubber, like had little balls on it, like rubber mats Hmm. that had little bumps, and in the morning it was wet, like slick, just pure slick, and it got a little bit better late, but it was like either tee off from like gravel or tee off from this like rubber texture that you don't know. Every once in a while there was dirt or grass. Like, oh, it was it was weird footing for sure. Yeah, I like. I want to try the temp tee pads they put out at Swenson. Yeah, one on DG. It's both grass, but one on uh, one on the gravel, and then one on just wood. By grass, he means turf. Yeah, yeah, both turf. I'm curious. I feel like the DG is going to be the play. I think that's what they uh, said they're going to do. Yeah, I think that's their default, but they want people to and test. They want to drop it down, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. It's definitely raised right now. I think they'll probably leave it raised. I think it's big enough. Jono was complaining about how it wasn't wide enough. He wanted to plant his toe at the front corner. He went birdie free today. I'm not worried about what he thinks. (laughs) (laughs) Not worried about his birdie free three over. That's funny. Yeah, so they'll be back on this weekend. Yeah. That's the uh, basically the SF. You'll see Nina crew. in Saturday morning if you're here. But you won't I be will here. not be. No, I'm playing Merced. Oh, I got to get my five. 
Oh, nice. I'm I missed Winter that. Jam because of the ribs, so I got to get my five for that series. That's the only one I played. Yeah. Might be the only one I play. That's the only one I play. I think if I just basically show up for Merced and finals, I think I'll take the series and open. Dope. Yeah. Without Then we'll have three of those in. Did Sammy win one? Yeah, I think he Me, won you, one. you, Sammy, all got one, right? Yeah. Hell yeah. Also got more second place trophies to burn. Yeah. Don't <laughs> don't want to come home with that. We're having a bonfire. If you want to bring your OTB or your second place trophies to OTB one day. Yeah. Bring it. Third place counts too. Yep. Anything not first, you can bring them here and we'll burn them as long as they're wood, wooded, wooden, wood like. Bring your wood. We'll burn it. Yeah. Bring your peg leg. Sweet. Well, folks, we will see you next week. Episode 100. The big one zero zero. It's coming. We're going to get Kyle on the mics on the front of the cameras, maybe. We're going to do it live with an asterisk. I think we got to, there's some stuff we got to figure out. And I say we, knowing that I will have no part in trying to figure yeah, that it'll out. It'll be me and Kyle. Yep. A little bit of Duke Low. It's a, uh, I think it'll be an easy transition. We just got to switch our software around, not even switch our software around a little bit. Just do some things and click some other buttons. It's going to be some software. There's going to be some hardware. There's going to be some malware. There's going to be some vitamins. Yeah. But we're going to do it for you. Yep. Because we love you. We do. Bye, folks. Bye, friends. <laughs>